The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 119th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by Matt LaPan, the Patriots writer for Pro Football Spot, as well as an NFL draft writer for Football.com. And then in a half hour, our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, will dial in. Well, everybody here in New England is uh, looking forward to the visit by the Michigan football team tomorrow, the iconic winningest team in the history of college football, coming in to play UConn uh, out in Hartford, Connecticut. I will be there and very, very excited, uh, as is everybody. It's nice when uh, a power comes into the area. I remember when Michigan came to play Boston College, Oh, a while back with Desmond Howard, it was big time. And uh, when Penn State used to come in during the Flutie years, again, big time. Alabama, I remember, played BC day after Thanksgiving at, at the old Patriot Stadium. So, uh, you know, we don't get a whole lot of big, big, big time college football up here in New England. Uh, but usually once a year, somebody... Uh, Somebody big shows up, and they just simply don't get any bigger than Michigan. So, uh, what's really cool is it's the national game on ABC TV, uh, which tells me that's usually Brent Musburger and Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, And, again, uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, primetime UConn from Hartford, Connecticut. So, I'm very excited. I, I eyeballed this. Many, many, many months ago, the minute I heard Michigan was coming, I circled my calendar, said, I want to be there. And uh, UConn has granted me media credentials, uh, Mike Enright over there at UConn. And uh, so it's going to be a big evening and day, I should say. It'll be all day long, trust me. Uh, It'll be an all day long uh, event 
uh, as big-time college football comes to New England and uh, capped off with, again, ABC National Primetime Game at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. So, on to my other items of the week. My highlight of the week, uh, as a native Pennsylvanian, uh, was the treatment last night from the Philly fans for Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb. I've uh, been to many sporting events in Philly. I know full well the, uh, you know, the, the booing of Santa Claus mentality. I've witnessed it often. But in the same light, uh, they needed to show up and do it right, and last night they did, big time. Andy Reid deserves nothing but cheers for what he did there over the course of 14 years, as well as Donovan McNabb. Uh, five NFC title games together, one Super Bowl appearance, and simply a terrific team. Uh, you know, upper echelon of the NFL for a five-year period is impressive. It makes what the Patriots are doing even more impressive. And then to take it even a step further, what the Steelers have done for really close to 40 years, even more impressive. So, again, hats off to the, uh, you know, to the Philadelphia fans again. You, you know, they showed up last night when they needed to show up and simply do it right. And they did. On a related note, my low light of the week is uh, the Eagles' new new age offense suddenly being grounded. You know, uh, my how things change in a week. Last week, my highlight of the week was literally, here's my quote, the Eagles and Chip Kelly putting on a show in their uh, first game down in D.C. in that first half. I just thought, you know, we're looking at the future of football and, boy, ever since then, it's been downhill. I mean, last week they lost to the Chargers, but they scored like 30 points. Last night they only scored 16 points. Obviously, they're both losses are at home. And you just have to wonder, uh, you, you know, is this offense stoppable when NFL coaches, not college coaches like you used to see the tape on Oregon, you know, when NFL coaches get a look at the tape, are they – that good, and they may be, where they can, like, suddenly stop this Oregon offense. And uh, so, remains to be seen. And on the other side of Pennsylvania, I already mentioned them, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Uh, I'm reserving judgment. I watched the, uh, the game against the Bengals, about as bad as it gets from a Steeler perspective. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get all of our answers on Sunday night. Their backs are truly against the wall. They cannot go zero and three. Sunday prime time home Heinz Field, Chicago Bears off to a really good start. Coming in, uh, it's just a, it's as good a game as you could possibly have for one of the teams being zero and two. That being the Steelers. So we are really gonna uh, learn. Where where the Steelers stack up exactly? What kind of year we're we going to have right now? There's there's nothing to like except their history over the last forty years. Uh, Mike Tomlin's history as coach. 
They're setting new lows across the board on both under Tomlin and even, you know, just as a, as a franchise recently with, uh, y- you know, uh, how low they've suddenly sunk. And by the way, they, they, they weren't very good last year. And, you know, this is a downward trend we're talking about. Bottom line, feels like the Steelers' last stand. So can't wait. My bizarre story of the week is uh, the Cleveland Browns trading Trent Richardson to the Indianapolis Colts. You just never see this uh, in the NFL, obviously. And it took on an even more bizarre twist here in the last day or two as Mike Holmgren, formerly GM of the Browns in recent years, the guy who drafted Richardson, you know, chimed in with the fact that he had offered his entire draft to the Indianapolis Colts to get Andrew Luck, uh, a la Mike Ditka uh, giving up his entire draft to get Ricky Williams out of Texas. So just good stuff all around. Uh, Very bizarre. There's so many, so many uh, ways to look at this. Um, But, you know, again, number one, you never see trades in the NFL. Feels like Cleveland is giving up on their future. Uh, or on this season while trying to, you know, bolster themselves for the future. Under new management, these guys in place, Joe Banner and the like, did not draft Trent Richardson. They're try- it looks like they're trying to build for the future. Uh, can you say Johnny Manziel? And uh, there's just, you know, but how do you feel if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? Uh, not very good. Um Here's the problem with the Browns. Not only are they bad, they're boring. And that just says, and there's no worse combination in sports for any team. And that's exactly where the Browns are. And they went from boring to more boring by trading Trent Richardson. So it ain't good out there, uh, to say the least. So, as my former co host, Lemon Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, Time to pay some bills. Let's take our break. And next up will be Matt LaPan calling in the Patriots pro, uh, writer for Pro Football Spot as well as an NFL draft writer for football.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What's it like to live life on the edge? Fire in the hole! It's that feeling of exhilaration after doing something that pushes your limits every day. Action sports athletes live their lives on the edge. Join professional ski patroller, journalist, and author Kim Kircher every week as she talks to guests who are exploring the edge. We'll look at everything including risks, motivation, and the rewards involved with getting out on the edge. You want to tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Bombs away. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get ahead in business and life. Read Getting It Done, 1,000 of the best-kept secrets for success in business and life by John Capozzi. Learn how John, a successful Connecticut businessman, obtained 13 corporate promotions in 13 years. This book makes a fantastic gift for anyone who wants to get ahead in business. Voice America will donate a portion of every copy sold to the USO. Visit gettingitdone.com and enter promo code VA1234 at checkout to get a 10% discount. That's gettingitdone.com, promo code VA1234 for a 10% discount today. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests. And on the line is Matt LaPan, the Patriots writer for Pro Football Spot, as well as an NFL draft writer for football.com. And Matt, how are you doing today? Pretty good, John. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for calling in again. Uh, well, we're kind of in the full swing here in football and got to see something this week uh, that I ended my previous segment with here, uh, which was, you know, a big time trade with uh, uh, Trent Richardson being traded from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. Trent Richardson was the number three overall pick, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, April, uh, April 2012. And, uh, yeah, so shocking move, and it got even more bizarre uh, when Mike Helmgren revealed, former uh, Browns GM of recent years, that he was going all Ditka on us and was willing, had offered the, entire Browns draft for Andrew Luck to the Colts. So what are your thoughts? I, I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. You know, I was on Twitter all day, and Jim Irsay, like he usually does, was tweeting out, oh, something big happening, something big happening, and usually it's, it's an appearance or something. And then when I saw the trade actually come through, I was shocked. One, you never see a team trade away the number three overall pick just 18 games into his career. Two... They only had they, they got a first round pick for a running back, which is almost unheard of in today's game because running backs are almost a dime a dozen in today's NFL. But Holmgren, that that one shocked me too. But you might be working for Indy now. Um, you know they gave up essentially what they had left in their draft. They have no second round pick. They gave away their first, but they have the top two of the top three picks from last year's draft. So I think Indy came out. Uh, Better in this point in time, but we'll have to see in the future because that pick could turn into Teddy Bridgewater. Indeed it could. Teddy Bridgewater, who you and I uh, saw up close and personal at uh, the American Athletic Conference Football Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, literally less than two months ago. So he yeah, is, he's an uh, impressive kid. He's, he's really come out, and any small flaws that he had in his game last year He's come out and he's improved. In my opinion, I think that 
he'll likely go number one in this year's draft, whether it be Jacksonville or Oakland or Cleveland. My top three teams for tanking for Teddy, as everybody's now calling it. <laughs> I think tanking that he's passed Jadavion Clowney as the number one overall pick in this draft coming up. Clowney's playing wow. with an injury, and those three teams are in desperate need of a quarterback, especially Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's trotting out you know, a former guy around here, um, Brian Hoyer, this weekend, and he's going to be their 19th starting quarterback in the past 15 years, I believe, either 14 or 15 years. So it's just Cleveland fans have been going through some tough times, and uh, I think they almost deserve Teddy Bridgewater. They do. Well, uh since Tim Couch, if I'm not mistaken, was the first ever pick of the newly, the new franchise known as the Browns now. Still, you know, once they moved to Baltimore, uh, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head, yep, Tim Couch was the first ever pick. Obviously, franchise quarterback coming out of college and a complete total bust. I mean, an all-timer, like, you know. Didn't work out so well for them. No, I mean, we're talking Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf level with Tim Couch, uh, although he was more likable, shall we say, than those two. But uh, Right. Yeah. It, it, you know, well, for it, me, it, it's never a dull moment in the, the game of football, whether it be the NFL, whether it be college. Since last week when you and I talked, it was an exciting week. It is. You know, it's just like, uh, number one, it's the best reality show on television, period. And it runs for, you know, something that sounds like 20 to 25 weeks. And, again, that's what it is. You know, I watched Red Zone last Sunday, eight or nine one o'clock games, you know, six or seven of which are one possession in the last five minutes of the game. I mean, again, you know, it's the best reality television out there by far. And that's only the games. I mean, the, the real reality is, you know, the, the, when, when a Trent Richardson situation pops up or whatever, uh, you, ju- you just can't get enough of it. I mean, nobody can. You just want to talk and talk and talk and talk, which is why you and I do what we do. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, and, you know, speaking of that, I mean, I just have to chime in real quickly. We're just going to jump around here. Number one, I like tanking for Teddy. I hadn't heard that. But number two is a guy who grew up in – Western PA, and I'm well aware of Terrell Pryor uh, basically breaking and hold, now holding every, not only football, but basketball uh, record in the state of Pennsylvania. So you could make the, easily make the case that Terrell Pryor is the best athlete to ever come out of Pennsylvania. And that's not just breaking Dan Marino record, record that's breaking Will Chamberlain's records <laughs> in basketball. Yeah, I so. mean, he was, he was an impressive kid in high school, and he was impressive in college, and he's getting his opportunity now in the NFL. And I got to say, I'm I'm a little surprised with how well he's done. Oakland as a team is pretty bad, but you know, I never I never thought that he would be a starting quarterback in the NFL, especially not the way he left college. But he's and shown my point. He's uh, one of the leading rushers in the NFL through the first two weeks, and he's shown he can he can spin it a little bit, and. You know, I just think that he's a, more of a stopgap than anything. Oakland really needs to go out and get themselves a franchise quarterback. And there are some, if they want to stick with that style, there are some guys that are coming out that can that can do that kind of stuff for Oakland, um, like Marcus Mariota from uh, Oregon. 
But it'll be interesting to see how Pryor plays the rest of the season. I, I really have been keeping a close eye on him because he's a really interesting guy. And that's it. And that's the reason I'm bringing, bringing him up because you brought up Oakland. Uh, it's very simple. You, you know, obviously, uh, didn't end well at Ohio State. We'll leave it at that. Suddenly, he reemerges in Oakland in what is really an evolving, if not a new, NFL. I look up and I watched a lot of that Indianapolis, uh, that game against Indy when they didn't win, but boy, he looked really good. And I just thought, you know, does Terrell Pryor come out of the other side of this suddenly, like, you know, where he's sort of stumbled, if you will, stumbled into just what is a new league where his talents and more importantly, his size. I was looking at him in the huddles and everything against Indy two weeks ago. He's as big as every guy on the field, easily. And he can move, and, you know, his passing is, you, you said it perfectly, he can spin it a little bit. That's about as far as we'll go. But, you know, I just look and I just say, boy, you, you know, is this, is prior even more than maybe an RG3 or a, you know, Russell Wilson? Is prior given his size, more along the lines of closer to a Kaepernick than maybe the other two I mentioned who are fabulous, but... Yeah, I mean, he's you know. he really, I don't think he has quite the arm of a, a Kaepernick or a Luck. Nor or do I. Even a Russell Wilson, but he definitely has a size. He's, he's 6'4", and he's listed at about 230 pounds, and he could still move. He, you know, the the reports when he came out of high school were that he could run a four, you know, sub 4'3 as a quarterback, and I don't know if that's ever been substantiated. He He never did partake in the combine because of everything that happened at Ohio State. But he, he can still move, and he's a big guy. And with the way the, the game is going and the way quarterbacks are now built and what they're expected to do, it's not inconceivable to think that he might find himself a, a permanent job somewhere at some point in the NFL. I just don't think that he's a permanent option in Oakland. Right. And, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not overstating his talent, but yet I don't want it to be understated for the simple reason of, you know, if he's not on the football field, he he would have you know he might have he was good enough to maybe go directly to the NBA. We are talking two state championships at Jeanette High School, uh, the holder of most significant basketball records. We are talking a tremendous athlete here, nothing run of the mill. And then oh, what absolutely. he did in foot, he is he is yeah, he, elite special. level athlete. There's no disputing that. Right, special, special. So I just find it of all of the stories out there, of which there are. A multitude, as there are every week, and certainly the beginning of every year. This one, for obvious reasons, given that I followed his high school career so closely, uh, this one intrigues me. It intrigues me because I, I feel it's like a—it's about where's the, the the future? You know, where's the NFL headed, and where have they gotten to in a short-term read option, that type of thing? Athletic quarterbacks, and is this guy all of a sudden, you know, gonna? You know, be in the right place at the right time. That's really what I'm talking about. Uh, after just that horrible debacle <laughs> at Ohio State. Yeah, what, after after one of the uh, worst ways you can ever exit a school. You're right, totally. You I mean, he wasn't even in the real draft. He was in like that supplemental draft or whatever. Correct. No, it, it would be, again, uh, that was a nightmare. Is this a fairy tale? I guess that's really what I'm saying. But lots more to talk about. You and I sat through the rain against the Jets, uh, Patriots opener uh, uh, last night a week ago, and now here we are headed with uh, 
The game on Sunday at 1 o'clock, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but a rare 1 o'clock Sunday start. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden we're looking at rain again, but more importantly, they're facing literally, you know, a suddenly very, very dysfunctional Tampa Bay Bucks organization. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, the way, the way their organization is heading, you know, Patriots are 2-0, they're 0-2. Either team could have gone either way. Patriots are winning their games at the end. Buccaneers are losing their games at the end. And you can't get much polar opposite in how those organizations are run at the moment. You have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, who, as a working relationship, it might be the best coach-quarterback combination in the history of the NFL. Yep. And then you have Greg Schiano and Josh Freeman, <laughs> who are at each other's throats during the week. And it's unbelievable. There's the coach bad-mouthing the quarterback, the quarterback bad-mouthing the coach, reports of their best player, potentially, that they traded for in Darrell Revis, saying he's not happy, he wants to play more one-on-one coverage, you have sloppy penalties, and then they come in and they're going to come into Foxborough and it's going to be a rainy day. Patriots not happy with where they are. It, it could be a recipe for disaster for the Buccaneers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good perspective, Matt. Um, yeah, I mean, Darrell Revis, subject of you know this week's NFL Network, you know, a football life, again, back to Western Pennsylvania. He grew up a stone's throw away from uh, and competed, and not in the same, not the same time, but his uh, his team in his town, Aliquippa, very famous for Ty Law, Mike Ditka, speaking of Ditka earlier, and, uh, of course, the all-timer, Tony Dorsett, all from Aliquippa, compete in the same league as Jeanette and Terrell Pryor. Um, what is he thinking? I mean, has any athlete ever gone from, you know, a dysfunctional organization to a, what appeared to be a non-dysfunctional organization that suddenly has become even more dysfunctional, and this is a mouthful, than the Jets. Uh, something that I never thought I'd hear come out of my mouth. I was in Tampa Bay, in Clearwater, on vacation when the Revis trade was announced. And I was right there the entire week. I was there the day he pulled up to the headquarters at Raymond J. Stadium, and it was a big, big Big deal. Reminded me a lot of when Drew Bledsoe went to Buffalo, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, they it gave him the keys to the city Bay because they they were the best run defense in the NFL last year, and a lot of people thought that, eh, that you know they just can't defend the pass. They went out, they got Darrell Reeves, they got Deshaun Golson, right. and all of a sudden they they still can't really defend the pass. They could, they still have a phenomenal run defense. Um, their front seven is one of the best in the NFL and one of the more underrated. But they're still playing a vanilla zone scheme, and I, I think that when you have guys like Golson and Revis, you have to exploit it. You have to, you know, quote-unquote, put somebody on Revis Island. And if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm, I'm a little worried that might start this week because the Patriots offense hasn't been great, um, and that might be putting it very lightly. But if there's no Danny Amendola... And there might not be a Rob Gronkowski again this week. And Darrell Revis locks somebody down. Who do you go to? Do you go to the three rookie receivers, Tompkins, Dobson, and Boyce, who have looked shaky at best to this point? So it's, it's really an intriguing matchup this weekend. 
Very intriguing. And, you know, let's get right to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is very simple. You know, does Greg Schiano's style work in the NFL? I mean, he's clearly carrying the college thing. You know, I, I, we all remember when uh, they bum-rushed Eli as he was in the victory formation. And, you know, it, it was, you know, right. ran its usual controversial course for whatever number of weeks. I forgot about it. And so, you know, we stopped talking about it. Put it that way. None of us forgot about it. Well, we'll suddenly see his, uh, his they're still doing that. I was stunned. Essentially, of Rutgers North versus Rutgers South, there are, I believe, a combined twelve players on the rosters of New England, Tampa Bay that are from the Shiano regime at Rutgers. And exactly, it's just amazing to me that there can be so many guys from one school on two teams, and it's not even a powerhouse school. It's not like an Alabama or an LSU. It, it's Rutgers. Correct. Well, you know, uh, well, number one, I was shocked, just to back to my earlier point, I was shocked to see this week that apparently they're still doing that thing at the end of games where they're like rushing, you, you know, when the victory formation, when the game is over, they're like making the other team play um, or, you know, vice versa. And I think, again, that's I had no I idea. Mean, I'm, I'm not usually one to uh, to really call anybody out, but that's just that's how you get somebody hurt. And that's really, it's, it's not an NFL move, and eventually teams are going to start doing things back to him that are underhanded like that. And then he has to explain to his players, well, yeah, you, you got blindsided because I have too much pride to not rush the passer on a kneel down at the end of the game when we're down three touchdowns. Well, exactly. It's it's Bush League. There's you know, no reason to be you know, sugar-coated, and... And I'm a Shiano fan. I mean, you know, I, I grew up near Penn State. I, like legions of others, always thought for sure he would be the successor to Paterno. Everybody believed that. I mean, he was, you know, just, he seemed like the anointed one. Then he went on to Rutgers. Smart move on his part. I mean, look, it, it all turned out well for him, you know, and he had some moments at Rutgers, uh, you know, through the years, I happened to be there when I think they beat Louisville, and I was literally in Atlantic City, New Jersey that night, and it was like, you know, incredibly, uh, you, you know, exciting to say the least. I mean, the whole state of New Jersey was into Rutgers at that point. I think, you know, it might have been around the time of Ray Rice. So it was only a few years ago, so it got him to the NFL. And right now, you know, he, he needs to like uh, he, he needs to figure it out because you know he he's living the dream that he worked so hard for. But I think you know, and we've all seen this with Tom Coughlin and disciplinarian and all that kind of stuff. And you know, yeah, he's, I, I think uh, he he's, just needs to clean it up a bit. Danger of potentially having his dream pulled right up from underneath him after only uh, a year and a couple weeks. If if they don't straighten exactly. things out and they don't get back on the winning track, they could be seeing a change to Mike Glennon and a new coach down in Tampa Bay. Correct. And more importantly, you know, go from dysfunctional to functional. Right now they're dysfunctional, and I, I, I lay that on the lap of Shiano. I just do. I like the guy, and speaking of people who like the guy, there's no bigger uh, friendship, if you will, from everything I've seen. Literally, I've seen it at NFL owners' meetings as, you know, Bill Belichick and Greg Schiano. Belichick's like his biggest fan. So, you know, there's a lot to like about Schiano. But 
it, it feels to me like he's blowing it, and he's Shiano, and we're certainly going to, uh, you and I are going to get to see it firsthand on Sunday, so should be fun through, through the raindrops, I'd be. say, after I, last. I hope it is, because Patriots yeah. fans, uh, there's a lot of panic going on up here. They're not used to seeing yeah. Patriots squeezing out games at the end. And there's been a lot of talk this week of fans are not happy with the 2-0 record because they're, they're winning the hard way. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because it you look crazy. down to Tampa Bay, they would love to be 2-0 right now. And Patriots fans are concerned that the Patriots aren't winning pretty enough. But all said and done, it, they're 2-0, and they're heading in the right direction, and they're in an extremely weak division. And really a down conference this year, the AFC, the Patriots, you know, at their quote-unquote worst in years, are right at the top of it with Denver and with Houston. And you even have to mention Kansas City in there now after the start they're off to. Yeah, good for them. I'm loving that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, and I said this last week, you know, the Patriots are 2-0, and not only 2-0, and they're 2-0 and in their division, period. That's it. Everything else is just completely irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. I mean, how they've been playing and all this kind of stuff. I, I you know, I, I never think that way. I mean, they're two and zero in with two division wins. So okay. I, I think things look pretty darn good. And as you, you know, and we here in Patriot land have become, you know, pretty used to this, you know, kind of scenario. And, you know, I try not to take it for granted. Uh, there, there's a whole lot of teams in the NFL would love to be, Sitting at two and zero with two division wins, uh, you, you know, and and hosting and and hosting a, a dysfunctional organization this Sunday. So who they practiced with only about a month and a half ago. So it's, right, it, exactly. it's really right, a good exactly. situation for the Patriots this week, and you know they have some question marks. A um, lot of lot of talk. There were a couple reports. I know Edwarder reported it first, I believe, that Gronkowski is you know fifty fifty. Then some other reports came out and said, eh, it's more like 25-75. Just the fact that Rob Gronkowski is even being considered to be back on the field should excite the Patriots. I don't think he will be, and I don't think he should be this week. I think they should hold off until next week when they travel to Atlanta, or maybe even when they welcome New Orleans into Gillette Stadium in October, in week six. But just the fact to, to hear his name and to hear that he's on the mend is good news for Patriots fans. Huge. Huge. Well, on that note, Matt, I want to thank you again for calling in. Great perspective. Uh, and again, I just want to thank you for your time. Fun to talk NFL with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, look for Patriots win this weekend. I have 24-13 Patriots. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. And uh, on that note, it's time for our break, and next on the line with us will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you a Philly sports fan? Maybe you're local to Philly, or you're a transplanted Philly fan. Either way, you want to check out Philly Sports Jabronis. It's a radio show that has nothing to do with Chicago sports. It's not about NYC, and L.A. can't even muster a football team of their own. It's all about Philly sports, and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. It's a fabulous day here. It is. This is the uh, classic New England late summer slash early fall day. 76, not a cloud in the sky, and drier than dry. It's, it's just as good as it gets. Yeah, the blades of grass are just resting peacefully out there. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed they are. Uh, well, AP, we don't often get to say this, but uh, Connecticut's going primetime in college football tomorrow night. It is the UConn-Michigan game. At 8 p.m. on ABC, which I hope means Brent Musburger and Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, but regardless, it's the uh, certainly the ABC primetime Saturday night game. Uh, UConn hosting Michigan. I will be there with media credentials. Very, very excited. Yeah, I can't wait myself, John, because I believe this will be the biggest regular season game ever to be played at Rensselaer Field for, you know, UConn Huskies. Wow. And, and they're bringing ex- extra seats for the Michigan fans, and I know they have a big contingent in the greater New York area, so I'm very interested to see how many of those seats will be maize and blue. Wow. I, hear, I heard the siren in the background. Sounds like maybe uh, a <laughs> Michigan team's getting a police escort, knowing you're located right there in Connecticut. Uh, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> Well, that's quite a statement. The biggest game ever at Rensselaer Field, which is about four or five years old, if I'm not mistaken. A very nice facility. I covered USA Costa Rica soccer match. I loved. I liked it so much that, thanks to you, I was able to get a media credential for tomorrow night's game, which I'm, again, very excited about. You know, nationally ranked team coming to town. I mean, UConn has nothing you know to lose. They can lay it all on the line in Michigan. They they can't be too happy with last week's performance against Akron, where they <laughs> held on for the four-point victory. So I'm sure their week of practice was very tough and demanding, and they're looking to get back on track and play teams, you know, winning by three and four touchdowns against lesser opponents, which they probably feel Connecticut is not, you know, not as good, not in their caliber. 
Well, nobody loves a good college football upset more than me. Uh, but as I was watching the end of that Michigan and I was watching live, I happened to tune in, thank goodness. And I was frankly horrified as Akron was setting up for the final play from about the three-yard line to win the game. Needless to say, I'm thinking like, you know, from my perspective, knowing I'm going tomorrow night, I, you know, I want an undefeated Michigan team coming in here. <laughs> Obviously, who wouldn't? <laughs> and, you know, I'll tell you, AP, we, we, you can't get any closer than we got to, let, let's just say, not having an, uh, an undefeated Michigan team in here and, uh, and all that that would have meant. It would have taken the luster off uh, big time for tomorrow night, to put it mildly. Yeah, I know there was a collective sigh in Ann Arbor as the clock and Hartford. hit zero and the, <laughs> the ball hit the ground. But that was quite a scare uh, for Michigan and all their fans. So, you know, that quarterback will have a chance to prove himself again against Connecticut. And, and you know, Connecticut this year, John, as you probably know, the defense is nowhere near as efficient, and it's way down in the 100 rankings, whereas last year, you know, top 10, top 20. So that's one thing they had in their hip pocket, that they could come to the game and compete nationally with other teams. You know, their offense was suffering last year, and they still have yet to get on track even though the quarterback last week set an all-time high with his passing for 349 yards. So there, there's a lot to do on both sides for Connecticut if they're going to stay in this game. Yes. Uh, well, it is going to be interesting. Um, again, you know, watching that Michigan game, obviously, I'm thinking like many people are, you know, is, you know, feels like Appalachian State, maybe the biggest upset in college football history a few years back ago at the big house. It just felt like a, a rerun. <laughs> You know, yeah, John, it's really interesting. I mean, Appalachian State, I mean, you mentioned that word, and right away you're thinking of Michigan. You would think they would have been over that hiccup uh, fit they had a few years ago, but here comes Akron back again to challenge and and make it Appalachian State uh, slash Akron part two. Yeah, and let's make no mistake about it. The game was there for Akron to win. Akron had the ball down four, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, and on the three-yard line with a chance to win the game, and in fact, they had a, a few downs, you, you know, in, in tight, but I happened to tune in at the precise moment of, you know, fourth and three with no, literally a couple seconds on the clock, so it was obvious it was the final play, and it was wonderfully exciting. I mean, you know, needless <laughs> to say, I stopped, exa- I stopped what I was doing and sat right down. <laughs> yeah. that? that was, you talk about appointment television, uh... But, AP, tell me a little bit about uh, they're adding extra seats. In one end zone, John, I think it's going to be up to 42-5 for this game. So normally it's around the 40,000 range. So that was a stipulation uh, that I heard about a long time ago. John, they tried to move this game to the MetLife Stadium. Michigan wanted to be at MetLife Stadium, but Ward Manuel, who's a Michigan graduate, played on the football team for Bo Schembechler. He's from Brother Martin High School in New Orleans. He stood his ground and wanted this game to play, be played at the rent, as they call it. And good for them because you built this fairly new stadium, and when you're bringing in a big team, why not have it there to celebrate you know, Connecticut football? And you, people get a chance to, to see them on national television. I, I, would, I would have done the same thing. I mean, maybe it's less money for them, but I would have stuck to my guns as he did. Yeah, well, again, it reminds me, I've mentioned this before on the show, even earlier today, I, I was at the BC Michigan game 
when Desmond Howard played to open the season. Desmond Howard had three touchdowns that day to launch his Heisman winning year. And that was at, you know, Alumni Stadium and on BC's campus as opposed to, you know, Gillette Stadium, even if it was the old Gillette Stadium. And, uh, you, you know, so good for them. Now, you, Warren Manuel, what, what is his position at UConn? Yeah, Ward Manuel, he's the athletic director at the University of Connecticut. Okay, I knew there was a connect. I figured there had to be a connection between. Yeah, and actually, UConn he, he and came Michigan. from the University of Buffalo. He was the athletic director at the University of Buffalo, and uh, so he's been there. I think this is maybe second or third year. So you know, he didn't he did not schedule this game, but I know that he's he's happy to see his former team in town, and and uh, you know looks forward to UConn competing. You know, competing hard to win the game. Absolutely. No, it's going to be great. And lastly, you mentioned the quarterback from Michigan earlier, uh, Devin Gardner, who's great. But we'll, uh, I don't ever remember attending a game where the quarterback's wearing number 98. I'm guessing it's your first as well. Yeah, no, I, I've never seen that. You know, I, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, to I, bring back. Watching, watching the night at Notre Dame when he, when he donned it. It was great. Two weeks ago when they played Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fabulous idea. I've never seen it done to to bring back someone's number, you know, specifically. I mean, normally somebody wears, you know, 12, 14, 16, whatever the quarterback may 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 uh, don in the modern era. But to have that old 98 out there, that, that spirit, that, that's great. I love it. Well, that, of course, being the number of the legendary Tom Harmon from Michigan. Old number 98, as they like to call it. And, again, we'll be looking at it tomorrow night live. And uh, that's tomorrow night. Looking back a week, AP, I'm not even going to you know, introduce it in any way, shape, or form. No introduction necessary. You're the expert. What did you think of the A&M Alabama game? John, you know, before the game I had spoken to someone, they asked me for a score. So I figured that uh, Alabama would probably score 31 and – Texas A&M, they would get their points, and Johnny Manziel would make his plays for 24. I never suspected that Alabama would have to hold on for dear life and score 49, and A&M would end up with 42. Uh, and that's with Johnny Manziel throwing two interceptions, one for a touchdown the other way. So I, I was very surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised that Alabama won because I thought the running game would come around. I think we discussed this. I think they held back some of their plays that they would use on the outside in the passing game against Virginia Tech because they had the game in hand, I believe. They felt they're the stronger opponent that day. There's no sense in showing the country and other teams your playbook. So, you know, the score went as I, as I thought, but I never suspected Johnny Menzel would set a record, the most yardage ever uh, as a team against the University of Alabama in 100-plus years of football. Amazing statistic. That one uh, jumped out at me, too, when I heard that. Alabama's never given up more yards to a team-slash-quarterback ever, period, which speaks volumes. Um, great theater, needless to say. Uh, you know, it, it was, in a crazy way, like a win-win, literally, no pun intended. You know, Alabama got what they wanted out of it. But, you know, the truth is, and we got what we wanted out of it, we, the fans. Yeah. And the truth is, Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M pretty much got what they wanted out of it. And I'm just going to say this, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Johnny Manziel on this show, but 
boy, it, it just comes down to, you know, will I stop what I'm doing and sit down for three hours to watch this guy? You bet. He is that, <laughs> he is that compelling. He, he put on a show. Yeah, he really did, uh, John. He's so, so elusive in that backfield. His feet are so, you know, he's so deft at moving around in the pocket and making plays and extending the play. And his passing has improved and his gamesmanship has gotten better since last season. You know, he's just a fabulous player. I mean, two seasons in a row, you know what he's going to try to do against your defense. Can't stop him. Correct. I mean, it, it, when John, when you see an Alabama defense, like I say, give up 42 points, and that's the most ever, I believe, Alabama's ever gave up in a victory. Really? And, wow. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a victory. And so I, I believe these offenses are slightly, you know, ahead of the head of the defenses right now because Nick Saban, who's a, a defensive guru, had all this time one whole year to devise a scheme, and he still just – Slowed them down. They they got they got those two interceptions. That was it. I, I don't think they really slowed them down. They stopped them on a couple of possessions, and that wasn't just enough. But he, he's fascinating to watch, and you know, that was the greatest performance I ever saw. You know, outside of the Cam Newton game at Tuscaloosa, yes, those two were right up there for me. And, and Johnny yeah. Johnny's performance in Tuscaloosa last year as well. Well, exactly, and you know, it's just it was so fun to just forget about all the off season and all the other stuff around Johnny Manziel, and just sit back and appreciate him as a football player for three years, three three hours. Excuse me, he's special. He is special, and as long as they're playing even a reasonable opponent, which is pretty typical now that they're in the SEC, you know, I'm watching. I mean, I'm going out of my way to watch this kid. Now more than ever, I'm going to, you know bring up the comparison I've been bringing up for over a year, which is he reminds me so much of Flutie, and Flutie, you know, Flutie was must-see TV, and Manziel was quickly becoming that. Yeah, you have to, you can't turn away if his game is on. There's no question. I mean, I think he's a, a super-sized Doug Flutie, and, you know, there's no, no defense I've seen that really – has has stopped him except I think LSU and Florida to some degree in the early part of his career. Correct, correct. Uh, and to me, you know, I loved the line. I mean, I thought Nick Saban really showed, you know, the personality that I think he tries to hide, like his mentor Belichick. Which I loved his line at the end when he said to uh, <laughs> Kevin Sumlin, the A and M coach, "You took ten years off my life." Just <laughs> yeah. the, 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 it was the perfect line. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, there's no way else to describe it for a guy who, right. who prides himself on defense. Exactly, right. Uh, it was just perfect. And, uh, you know, that that brings us, you know, to Nick Saban and these crazy, crazy rumors. Not crazy, just like wild, shall we say. Uh, I believe everything. I believe them to be 100% true pretty much across the board. But, you know, the rumors of him going to Texas, and there's enough substance there because Saban, to his credit, is immediately addressing them. I like the way where suddenly he, he's kind of joking. You, you know, I think the best way to handle these things is to inject a slight bit of humor, and I love the way he theoretically put it to bed, or at least he hopes so, when he said, you know, my, when he ended it by saying, you know, my wife and I are too old to go start over somewhere, which I thought was the perfect thing, but I don't know. The, the, 
the media's going to be a dog on a pant leg on this one for a while. It, 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 probably so, John. That's a good description. Yeah. He he diffused it very well last night on his radio show, and he's yeah. always said his next stop is that lake over in Georgia where they made that movie Deliverance. He has that house. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he has that place over there, and his wife, Miss Terry, I mean, she really... They feel embedded in the community at Tuscaloosa, and I, as long as she's happy, I think Alabama fans are safe. Truer words were never spoken. <laughs> no, I'd say that, 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 that you know would be uh, true for a lot of people beyond Nick Saban, and uh, yeah, and you know, I, I lived and worked for a couple of years uh, uh, as a newspaper editor in West Virginia, near where he uh, grew up. So uh, I, I can appreciate where he's from, and knowing what I know, I, I could see him very being very happy down that way, shall we say. Um, but they're going to make a run at him, no question. The, he is going to get offered more money than he ever thought possible by <laughs> Texas, period. I believe that. Yeah, I think so, uh, John. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, they were a name that was always mentioned in the past few years, so... All that money from Texas, they're going to come hunting for a football coach of either Dallas or Austin. I don't, I don't know how they're fair, but Jimmy Sexton, he will take the phone call. You know, that's Nick Saban's agent, yep. and and I'm not sure it will continue. Uh, John, I'd be remiss if I didn't happen to mention AJ McCarron's performance last week. That was the best I've ever seen him, and he was, you know, right on cue with each pass and had the command of his team and. He did a great job at the end calling that play uh, for that touchdown, that long touchdown march they made. And on the third down, they had the fake inside and threw it to Jocelyn Fowler, who's recovered from Wide last open. year's knee injury. He's playing, you know, playing tremendous. So uh, I you know, tip my hat to A.J., and he's, he's in that Heisman race, race, and I hope he gets a chance to make it to New York. Yes. You know, he's uh, – I agree with you. He played great and uh, – he is a great quarterback, and if I'm, an, if I'm an NFL general manager, I have no problem drafting A.J. McCarron and, and putting my team in his hands. He is truly a field general in every way. Yeah, A.J., like I say, he's going to go down is right, in the, right in the top uh, with all the Alabama quarterbacks that have had championships there. And, you know, he has all the credentials that, of, a, of a Namath and a – Stabler, and you go down the list. He's right up there among them. Yeah, speaking of AJ, and again, you know, hats off to him. Uh, I heard this morning on the radio that he and his girlfriend, Catherine Webb, of Brent Musburger fame, may have broken up. I, I, I did uh, read a little bit about that scenario. I haven't had a chance to check in with some people I know. But uh, that's, you know, young love, it's like a fluid situation, John. Yes, what well, was being discussed on Boston Sports Radio this morning. Not, <laughs> you know, the Alabama quarterback and his girlfriend are typically not Boston Sports Radio talk the <laughs> night after the Red Sox win a clinch a playoff spot. So that, that, that's the level to which is at. And the truth is, if indeed he was in the midst of a breakup or whatever while preparing and or, you know, for the Texas A or, yeah, the Texas A&M game. Um, that's even more impressive for him. It really is, and I really mean that when I say that. Yeah, I mean, that could affect you, I'm telling you. That, that could really Absolutely. bother you, a young quarterback. Sure could. No question. Uh, well, AP, once again, you know, 
great perspective, you know, your expertise on Alabama trying to become the first team ever to win three straight national championships, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is just so welcome. I mean, we are witnessing greatness, and, and you, are, you have a ringside seat, and you're bringing it to all of our listeners week in, week out. Love it. Yeah, yeah thank you very much, John. Yeah, and, and the last team to do that, John, is really Minnesota way back in the 30s. So really in the modern era, you know, Alabama will be the first team, and they'll have a chance to do something no one can ever duplicate is three in the BCS era. Correct. BCS ends this year, as we all know. So, AP, what can I say? Look for it next time we see each other. We'll be looking at the famous maize and blue of Michigan taking the field against uh, UConn. It's uh, going to be fun tomorrow night. Can't wait to see you down there, and uh, it'll be great. With the Voice America team reunited uh, for one of the big college football games of the day tomorrow. It'll be perfect, John. Safe travel. All right. You too, AP, and uh, as always, Voice America listeners, thanks for listening to All Around Sports. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.